They're in jail. They're, they're in the crack. I'm doing a GoFundMe. <laughs> My iguanas <laughs> doing crack, and I need money because they're out of crack. GoFundMe.com slash iguana crack. Iguana cracks. Yeah. Hello, suckers. This is Scott Johnson from the Hotline Monday show with uh, one uh, Justin Robert Young who's laughing at me on the other line. Hello. Hi, friends. What's it's up? me. You are suckers. <laughs> Get through your skulls. <laughs> Look, I'm not, I don't mean it in the literal sense that they are, well, that well, they are candy that uh, <laughs> could also be referred to as a lollipop. No, like they're not going to just take everything we say hook, line, and sinker and, and you know make it part of their lives. They're going to have to they're going to have to weigh the evidence against scientific method and decide whether we're full, we're full of shit or not. Indeed, well, it's what we always we we really require with all listeners is that you do need to apply the scientific <laughs> method to this show, or it won't make any sense. <laughs> But what we do do here, what we do do, is we take your phone calls. It's a live call-in show. It's a live yeah. show, in fact. And if you haven't been tuning in live, it's so easy to do. Here's a reminder right up front. 2 o'clock Pacific, 5 o'clock Eastern. That's drive time for you Eastern folks. You come in here and you listen to us or you watch us and you call in and you do that live. The phone number to use is 801-895-4724. Justin. Yeah. What's going on? What's We're nice guys. This, We're nice uh, guys. What? Scott, what's the name of this show? The Hotline Monday Show. Not today. Uh-oh. Today it's called Hateline Monday. Holy shit. I yeah. I wasn't, I missed the memo. Tell me more about Hateline Monday. want to know what? Mm. A lot of times, I think me, would it be safe to say that, that, Scott, you and I, we would consider ourselves in general positive people? Yeah. Generally speaking, we want, we want to leave it better than we found it. I, I, and when it comes to media criticism, I think that we both share that that we want to celebrate the things we love as opposed to uh, rolling around in the mud about the things that we hate. Yeah, right? I would agree. I would agree. That, that, you know, you mention something that you don't like and you move on. You don't need to to just, like, let it be a thorn in your eye forever. Yeah. You're not, Except, like, you're not a guy that straps a grudge to your back. No. And carries it about the house. Except... For today. This is basically like the purge, right? Like, you know where there's for one day all crime is legal? For one episode of Hotline Monday, we are just going to let it all hang out. And we want everybody to do the same. Call in with what you don't like. People in movies, kinds of movies, the way people talk about television shows. Listen, if somebody wants to call in and rail about a Broadway show, we'll take your call and we'll nod like we know what the hot hell you're talking about. We are just here for the hate, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, well, take whatever you got for reals. Um, you and I both saw a movie over the weekend called The Nice Guys. We did. Which we both had high hopes for. You maybe had higher hopes being the Shane Black fan that you are. I had, I think, more, not tepid, but I was, I was prepared just to get a cool action comedy thing. Sure. I didn't. Because he's, that's kind of, I mean, this is the dude who wrote Lethal Weapon. Yeah. You know, he is somebody that understands action comedy on a level conceptually that few people do and, and really proved himself as a director, not only with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but also with Iron Man 3 as somebody who could capably bring his page to the screen with a plum. He did a good job. And some people don't like the third one. I think the third one's better than the second one. And, 
Well, that's I don't think that's a debate. It's it, I think it is for some. Some have some, some have made the suggestion. People need to shut up. <laughs> that's not even a thing. It's objective like, truth. That well, it's- I mean, well, here, I mean, here's number two. We'll start off the hate right here. Uh, like, there's, there's, it was crippled by the writer strike. Like, there's, there's a reason why it's not as good. Yeah. That's you a, know, that's a good point Two that whole year was bad. If I, if yeah. I recall, uh, you know, all the writers stopped writing and then uh, all of Hollywood just, you know, buried their heads under a pile of Coke until the strike went away. <laughs> so, so this movie set in the era of piles of Coke, uh, 1977, yeah. really the advent of the Coke generation was about to start like the opioid adep- epidemic, epidemic, academic, <laughs> The opioid academic. Uh, it was uh, the precursor to Phoenix University. Epidemic. It was a way for you to get a degree and getting high. Epidemic is what I meant to say. Uh, yeah. the, it, it was, uh, it was you know, it's set in this time and it's all the 70s. Everyone looks like they're all dressed in stupid clothes and it's all kind of the period piece and everything. And yeah. that movie is very disappointing and I walked away not loving it. And that's kind of my short on it. And that's not we're going to we're not dwelling on that movie today. But it's a nice lead-in to some of the problems we're going to talk about in films. I yeah, suppose. this is not going to be a spoiler thing. So if you still plan on seeing the movie, don't worry. There's not a. There, I, I mean, there's not really a whole lot to spoil in the movie necessarily. I mean, it is a mystery, uh, but we don't need to go into that. I, I was maybe not as uh, down on the movie as as you were. I liked the movie, however, I left with with kind of a, a real sense of profound disappointment and. Here's my hot take. Ryan Gosling is not uh, Robert Downey Jr. And he's not uh, Mel Gibson. And and those are the those are the people that Shane Black uh, in general works with. And and I think when we think of his best work, we very often give him uh, at least some of the credit for what are just magnetic performances by two of our best actors, especially in that genre. Uh, they're both fantastic at it and Gosling for as much as he is a, a fantastic actor. I, I think with those Shane black characters, they are very flawed people that do very bad things. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. yet you root for them. Sure. And there are moments in this movie. And I think we got into it when we were talking on text where, you know, what Robert Dundee jr. Being a charmingly terrible parent, you would be like, oh, that guy, I hope he gets it together, right? <laughs> Ryan Gosling being a terrible parent, you're just like, oh, my God, you're a terrible parent. Yeah. You're not Stop just, it. You're just not a terrible not, parent. You're like the worst parent. Like You're not charming enough to get over that. Yeah. yeah right? Not I, nearly. I Gibson would be, and I think Robert Downey Jr. would be, and that's ultimately where I, I had the biggest problem with the film is that it kind of gets bogged down when you're supposed to be having a really great time, and at the end... Of of the scenes, you're just like, well, I don't like you. Why do I want you to win? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a lot. It was it was hard to find your per, your protagonist that you're supposed to root for. Yeah, and it also didn't feel enough like they didn't want you to root for anyone in particular. Like there are movies like that where yeah, but not, not a Shane clear Black movies, right? No, Shane yeah. Black movies are are very archetypical. They're very like, hey, look here, like it. There's a reason why he keeps writing buddy cop movies, like are essentially buddy cop movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, you know, he has these dynamics and there's one wild card and one guy who plays a little closer to the vest or or knows a little bit more than the wild card. And they get into this mystery like th- these. He writes similar stories. And uh, and ultimately it was it was a bit disappointing, especially because uh, 
it kind of wastes the 70s. Oh my gosh, the absolutely did not need that time frame, which is one I love. I love to explore that. It's awesome for crime stuff like make it gritty, bring Keith David in, have him have a gun and have him hold somebody up with it. Like let's go. Longest most awkward Keith David fight scene since uh <laughs> they live is in this movie. I have to want okay, I don't believe this, but I want to believe that Shane Black purposely did that made a long oh no this fight scene is going to go about three minutes longer than it needs to because (laughs) the idea of really really long keith david fight scenes is just a thing yeah no i totally got that that vibe all right now before we tell you some of the stuff we're bugged by in hollywood currently we're going to take a call get a hot take to start us off hi who's this hi this is jonathan jonathan what's going on man what's your uh what are you sick of in hollywood what do you wish they'd quit doing um well Interesting. Oh, I'm calling from New York, New York, by the way. Oh, hey, it's a hell of a town. It is a hell of a town. And I'm a block away from the Trump Tower. It's glorious. Oh, Um, so hey, they got good Taco Bells there, or Taco Bowls. They don't have good Taco Bells. (laughs) Anyway. No, I can't find any Taco Bells, and it's curious. It sucks because I want to get Overwatch (laughs) Cups. Anyways, um, one of the things that I've been really annoyed by recently in terms of Hollywood is the way that people in recovery and in recovery programs are uh, represented, uh, whether it's through AA or NA or other meetings. I, uh, it seems, uh, given the field that I work in, I work with a lot of people in recovery, and they all seem really, really frustrated by it. So, so, so is it like is it like when a doctor watches ER or something? They just they just can't deal with it. Like, give me an example of what's you know something that would drive somebody in recovery over the top when they see movies yeah. like that. Uh, well, there's a lot of examples of where people will talk about AA. I can think of one specific law and order in particular. And then there was that movie recently with Mark Ruffalo where it's just very kind of, it just, it just seems off in a way to a lot of people that I talk to. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be, it seems to be really, really prevalent. Yeah. Um, and I've listened to a lot of, you know, the morning stream and listened to your sister talk about a lot of like very recovery specific things. And she references some like meeting groups and stuff. But it seems it's just more and more I see it eek into into the media in different ways. And, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is pretty vocal about his involvement in AA and a bunch of other actors. You just see it sort of seep in. You just see that language. Sure, sure. I wonder, I wonder, too, if, like, Justin, this, this occurs to me. Um, yeah. We're now heading into a, uh, a, a new era, if you will, of yeah. recovery. Because now we have um, some might call them epidemics. You might. You may say that's hyperbole, but there are a lot of people addicted to or otherwise dependent on prescription drugs, mainly painkillers. Like it's a kind of a thing in this country. It's a big deal, more than it has been in a long time. So I learned about that at uh, Opioid Academia. (laughs) So so the idea being that uh, because that's more prevalent and in the culture, we're, we're going to hear a lot more about people in rehab and people trying to figure out new ways of dealing well, with this I, stuff. I think, listen, you 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 hit the nail on the head with that caller. Uh, and by the way, I think there's a Taco Bell near Union Square. So just check that oh, out. Oh, yeah, go there. Get yeah. some cups. You'll be fine. Um, I think that you hit the nail on the head that the, there is always going to be things that you know you will be able to see the seams in when they are portrayed in Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I am always constantly uh, uh, frustrated by how people write newspaper headlines in TV and movies. Mm. Because I used to write newspaper headlines. I used to format newspaper headlines. I know what goes into it, right? Now, that's something that I know I have to get over 
Because if I'm, I, I can't just walk into a bar. I can't sidle up to my local Bennigan's and have random Joe Schmo and be like, yeah, do you see how they kerned that font in the headline on the Veronica Mars finale? Jeez, who uses a period in a headline? It's just not done. Like, uh, you see this all the time. Uh, Johnny V in the, in the Frog Vance chat room saying the movie Hackers suck. Yes, let's just get all those out there. If anybody wants to call in, just, just know that you have to give a specific example. I did it on this very show a couple weeks ago talking about Game of Thrones, about the fact that the dual wielding swords to me like is just something that always rings my like, why are they doing this, Bill? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm with you. And also, I like the idea of specific, unique examples, like trends that aren't just like, oh, I'm sick of uh, there's always a dude who's the hero or, you know, we know about these. Some of these tropes have been around 60 years. Well, I'm saying get them in. Get all them right. In. Get them in then. Get them in. Let them yeah. flow. Everybody, everybody call in. Let, let, let's just get all the hate. This is a smorgasbord of hate. Caller, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm tired of uh, characters dying that you know are not going to stay dead. Ah, okay. Give us a give us an example of one uh, that rings a bell recently. I'm trying to think myself, and I can't. But like, give it. Give us an example. Like Game of Thrones, probably right. <laughs> no, I was actually thinking uh, if there's one I give a pass to, it's Game of Thrones because uh, Railroad has a history of killing off major characters. Sure. But uh, I would say a recent superhero movie. Oh. <laughs> who has another movie coming up that has. That you know he's going to be in, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, uh, one that may have they they went as far as to put him in a casket. That one, yeah, yeah. And then they made uh, dirt. I mean, that off the casket. They made, that they made no dirt. Yeah. They made dirt hover a little bit, little hover dirt. I forgot that that was one yeah. of his powers too. It's the of the ability to make dirt hover. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's listen. It's been long enough. The moratorium's up. Batman versus Superman is what we're talking about, and they imply that a major character dies in that, and there's no way he's dead, and there's absolutely no way he's not in the next movie. Sure, exactly. So, so I'm kind of I'm with him. It, there is a and I and I'm going to blame TV for this a little bit, and it's starting okay. to eke into movies. But yeah. this idea because of uh, because of shows like Game of Thrones and even a bigger I think a bigger offender this year was the did we or did we not kill Glenn fifty times this season. Uh, Walking Dead, which I know you're not oh, keeping up with. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. All right, I got two points I want to make then based on that. The first, which completely ignores your point, is that I nailed where the Taco Bell is in New York City. <laughs> it is indeed right off Union Square on 18, uh, sorry, 14th Street. So look at me and my memorization of where junk food is in New York City, where I haven't lived in over a decade. Wow. Number two, and more to your point, is here's my biggest pet peeve. And this is internal, right? right? I'm not blaming Hollywood for this. I am blaming you, Scott, and you, the listener, everybody who's listening to me. Can we stop pretending that TV shows or movies are good <laughs> because they are just in genres we like? <laughs> like, these, these shows suck. We, we are now in a world where we can expect good stuff. So, right? right. So good if you stuff does come out. Game of Thrones comes out. I haven't seen Preacher that debuted last night, but Preacher apparently is really, really good. Yeah, her good things. Like, yeah. We can, we can, we can have it all. Like it is actively hurting the adaptations of the stories we love if we pretend that the crap is good. 
Let's just call the crap crap. Let's stop just making excuses for it and saying, well, you know, I don't know. It's a hard story and this, that, and the other. No, you know whether it sucks or not. All right. Dead sucks. And Walking Dead has sucked for a long time. Now, yes, it's had good episodes. It's had bad episodes. And, and, you know, it's got a good, compelling cast. And ultimately, at the end of the day, all they got to do is run zombies at people who act scared. And that's really why you're there. But let's stop pretending that it's good. <laughs> all right. You make a fair point. I was going to take that call and then answer it after. I'll say it now. But they were there too long. Come back, caller. Oh, there they are. I'll do this after after this one. Hi, you're on the air. What's your What's your take? Hi, I am going to uh, try and be the first one here to complain about traffic. Traffic. All right. Every, everyone else on the road. Oh. oh, not not the Steven Soderbergh movie about drugs. <laughs> no, that one was pretty good. I like that one. So wait a minute. Do you mean do you mean the trope of traffic on roads or the actual traffic you're experiencing now on the road? Just traffic. I'm from Oregon, so everyone here is uh, <laughs> polite to the point of dangerous. Uh, and <laughs> It's, are it's are really you in your car? Uh, are you in your car? I'm right not. Now? No. Okay. Not? Oh, okay. No. All right. I'm I'm pretending to work right now. All right, but but um, you'll be on the road later. I think I know yeah. this phenomenon yeah. you're talking about. There's a, there's there's two extremes, and the middle ground is where you want to be. The two extremes are this: on one extreme, people are too nice, and it makes things dangerous because yeah. everyone's afraid to go. No one's shooting the gap. Nobody's willing to. To, to yield, you know, they, they're all yielding for each other and therefore no, clogging everything up. No one's up. shooting the gap. No one's gleaming the cube. <laughs> right. Uh, and there's just, there's a lot of not happening. <laughs> and then on the other side, you got dicks who are just cutting everybody off, flipping you off, won't let you in to save your life, ra yeah. road rage. Why can't we have some nice little middle space like, honestly, like the Chinese, man. I hate to say this, but when I was in China, those people, they used horns not to annoy each other, but to go, I'm coming in, I'm coming in. All right, I'm in. Okay, I'm in. I'm getting out. It's the weirdest thing you've they ever seen. They do that seen. in Peru, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. So we could, learn, we could learn some things from our Chinese and Peruvian brothers, is all I'm saying. Just, uh, you want to bring a hellscape to this country that I won't let you. Well. That's insane. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Why would you? I, I've been I've I've been around uh, those drivers. Those, that's terrible. Yeah. No, no. I hate you for saying that. <laughs> All right. We won't make we're not making it happen yet. Hi, caller. You're on the air. What's your uh, what's your what's your brain melting, leaving, having, squeezing? <laughs> you're struggling there. Hey, this is Jordan from Ohio. Hey, uh, man. How you guys doing? Good. What's up, bro? <laughs> Uh, hey, uh, really quick before I get to my, my point, um, I have, Justin, I am so stoked for you to come to Ohio with the, the jury in your house work. I'm so stoked for you to be in uh, Cincinnati, and yeah, uh, I'm totally going to make that two-hour drive down to chill with you on the Saturday that you're here. I'm so stoked. Oh, man. Uh, Dude, awesome. Thank you. Just keep your expectations low, and it's going to be perfect. It'll be the best trip I, you ever I made. I keep my expectations low with anything on the Frogpants <laughs> Network, and I'm always totally surprised. That's good. <laughs> Um, that's good dude that is good can i can i when we do our when we sell this show retail can i put that on the back of the or back to the back of the box this little quote that says oh, i always keep my yeah. expectations low and they always surprise me yeah this is gonna be um, what's what's said when you sell frog pants to disney yeah i can't wait anyway but anyway so um the thing are you guys talking about the things in hollywood oh that, yeah uh, oh yeah For sure. um I am. Uh, I've called in a couple times, and I've written emails and stuff. I'm I'm an evangelical. I'm a Christian. I go to a Christian college. All that jazz. It's cool. I want to be a pastor, uh, a counseling pastor specifically. But um, the thing in Hollywood that just pisses me off is pretty much anything Christian related. Um, this this bull crap of God's not dead. 
uh, Heaven's For Real, uh, Letters From Heaven. I could go on and on. It is not, I'm just going to rant just for a second, and I'll hang up, I promise. No, it's go. evangelical oh, masturbation. Yeah, do this, do this, it is, it is nothing but evangelical masturbation, where they are just trying to, like, just pleasure themselves in Hollywood, and it just makes me so mad. No Christians in their right minds are like this. Like it's just, I just can't do it. All right, I well, love. No. I love, I love about those movies and that genre of movie is that the 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 antagonists are so amazingly boogeyman. Yeah. Right. It's always just like, no. Not only will you not be able to pray to your God, quote unquote, uh, you also need to perform this abortion. <laughs> <laughs> now I return to the center of the earth. Like it's oh man, Kevin God, that's, Sorbo. That's, that's so Kevin Sorbo in that first one. That uh, God is not dead deal. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, it, 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 it's a very interesting genre, and I, I feel like it. Uh, I don't know. I, I have not watched God is Not Dead or or Heaven is uh, for Real, but uh, I, I did very much love the the uh, Left Behind series. No, I never saw that. That's uh, the Kirk Cameron deal. Well. Was he in it? I, I know they've made a couple versions of the movie, but but the book series was was the first thing that really popped. But I loved Christian sci-fi. Oh man, all in. <laughs> That's great. That's not a genre. Yeah, but are you? But you'd like it just because it's the genre. So you just did that thing you don't want to do anymore. It's quit liking no, things. I, the genre. I, well, I I like it because like yeah, okay. Is it kind of crap? Sure, it's kind of crap. But at least it's like. Something different, <laughs> right? True. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's not. It's not derivative. It's very it's like the Bible. But how many people looked at the Bible and said, "Oh man, I got a genre sci-fi tale out of this baby." <laughs> Actually, uh, that Noah movie is pretty close. You're on the air. Who's this? Uh, Daniel from Oklahoma. Hey, man, what's going on? Well, uh, I was just calling in about the you know what's kind of <laughs> kind of piss me off about Hollywood nowadays, and I, think, I don't know if I'm, I'm I'm just I don't know if I'm getting too old for it, but the 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 remake raunchy comedies you know from seventies and eighties remake TV mm. movies mm. I mean there's a there's a couple of good exceptions you know Twenty One Drunk Street's all right yeah but I don't know you know just a lot of these newer raunchy comedies I don't know if I'm just getting too old for them or I just like you know old eighties you know Ghostbusters comedies or something like that more well but, let me let, let me let me ask you what was the oh, last crap. oh crap I lost him sorry go what were we gonna say if he wants a call back, what yeah, we'll was take the you back. last raunchy comedy that he liked? Well, you can ask me that because I can tell you that's a question too. Okay, so wait, so uh, do you agree with him that you've lost your taste for raunchy comedies? Um, because that this is what I'm this is what I'm curious about is whether or not if you have stopped liking it, was there was there a point of no return? Okay, there is a there. Def, it definitely feels like we're milking it at this point. And by that, I mean, ah. ooh, oh. guess what went really well? Uh, the Las Vegas uh, hangover deal. So let's make two more of those, and let's make a bunch of movies that are a lot like that. Yeah. That is not interesting to me at all, because all you're doing is using the same blueprint, doing the same thing over and over. Do you want to know? All right, so I've noticed a trend mm. in a lot of these comedies that are now, because there are so many funny women Right. And so now you have this kind of post bridesmaids, this rise of the lady centric raunch comedy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you've seen that with a lot of Melissa McCarthy stuff. You've seen that with a lot of. Uh, so there's this thing that happens now at the end of all their trailers. Yeah. Where the final 
part of the trailer is just one of them making fun of another one's boobs or vagina. <laughs> right? It's dude, watch this. It's the boss. Uh -huh. Watch the boss. Okay. There's the uh the one with uh uh uh, Fat Amy from Pitch Perfect and chick from uh, from what's her butt from uh, the the Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Oh yeah, Dakota the, Johnson. Yeah, Dakota Johnson. Yeah. And then there's the one that just is just out as a trailer. That's like a bunch is like bad moms or something like that, right? Yeah. Where's a bunch of like moms doing uh like you know like they're I don't know being crazy and raunchy. Yeah. Uh, but they all are just like. What's that? A winking clam Gandalf? Like, oh, what, what's up with your boxy boobs? I think it's a Volvo. Like, you know, it's it's so funny that now that's that's like a trope is like women looking at other women and making fun of either their bra or vagina. Yeah, that's true. I I think this you're describing where I don't like where it's where it's come. Like, like I'm trying to think back. Hey Raunchy comedies. I oh, you know what? Here's what I like. I like yeah. a movie where whatever the level of it is serves the film's story or narrative or characters. So, like, Gross Point Blank is one of my favorite movies ever made, period. Not yeah. just because he is the age of me at the time the movie came out, and that would have been my tenure at uh, a high school reunion. Sure. And the music in it all spoke to me from a high school level and all of that stuff. Not just because of all that, and not because it was like Tarantino and John Hughes had a baby. Not because of that. Yeah. But because it was all the right levels for the tone of the film. It wasn't dependent on anybody, anyone's level of cuss or not cussing or being naked or not being naked or being raunchy just for the sake of being raunchy or whatever. I made this point before on the show in different contexts, but I can't say yeah. it enough because it matters to me. Like it matters to me that you're doing it in service of the art, not the other way around. Okay, but let me make a comp that you wouldn't normally think. All right. Gross-out comedies are basically like children's entertainment. Okay. Like, there's some children's entertainment that's transcended because it gets it and it weaves all these elements that go into children's entertainment into a larger, more credible, artistic whole, sure, right? Sure, sure. Uh, labyrinth. But, good, good example is Labyrinth, I would sure. say. Or even, yeah, or even for younger kids, right? Sure. Like, there are cartoons, right? There are some that are just mind-numbing stupidity because as an adult, you look at it and you're like, okay, literally, you just introduced a character called Rectangly so he can, like, <laughs> run out on screen and go, I'm a rectangle, I'm a rectangle. And, you know, you think that's stupid because it indeed is. However, for a kid who's never seen a rectangle before or seen a character run out on stage and start singing randomly, it's engrossing, it's compelling. Same thing with raunchy comedies. Some of them are transcendent. Some of them fit the story. Old school, people were pointing out. That's that's a very, very funny movie that has a lot of boobs, that like is is uh something that was was you know fits and, and was gigantic for a reason. The hangover is gigantic for a reason. Sure. Uh and, and other movies not directed by Todd Phillips. But <laughs> all those movies will always exist. Because there's gonna be 13 year olds who ain't never seen boobs like that on screen. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. they ain't never seen the boobs of some hot actress on screen. But old school is really funny and really. Exactly. I guess my point endearing. is. Endearing. My point is that, yes, that is special and you should recognize it as special. However, the ones that you think are just pandering and dumb, you should know it's pandering and dumb in the same way that when you watch. <laughs> 
you know, kids shows with your kids when you were raising them, you knew that most of them were pandering and dumb. Okay, that's a good point. They couldn't all be Oswald the freaking octopus and and teach me higher learning the way it did. Exactly. I understand completely. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, stop, Jerry. How hey, you guys doing? Good, man. What's up, buddy? What's up? Really quick, I want to go back to, uh, I forget his name, dude from Oregon a few minutes ago. Yeah, traffic guy. We'll call him. <laughs> yes, I will say traffic guy. Hello, traffic guy. I, I, let me say, first of all, that I have never wanted to dismiss a person's opinion based upon the region that they're from. I'm a, I myself, I transplant to Oregon. But, dude, traffic in New York is, I'm sorry. I hate to say, to get into the, my terrible thing is worse than your terrible thing. But, dude, traffic in New York is just far and away worse than it. Anything I've experienced out here. Okay. Or, or any other state uh, you've been in. So it's that bad. Yeah, so, any, any other state so, all right, shots fired. Jerry, you yeah, lived there okay. for 10 uh, years. I'm going to make an official ruling on this so we can knock it off at the traffic calls. Uh, <laughs> yes, New York traffic is worse than Oregon traffic, including Portland. Uh, guess what? Nothing's worse than Dallas. Okay. Dallas is the worst. Dallas is pretty bad. A Phoenix uh, at times also really, really sucks. And, I'll ne- and I hate L.A. So. Yeah. So, no, I mean, L.A. is terrible, but L.A. and New York kind of get passes because they're gigantic cities with massive yeah. population hubs. So it's like, all right, this amount of people are living here. Of course, there's going to be this amount of traffic. It's just the numbers. Dallas is terrible for almost no reason. Yeah. And also, like, by the way, the reason I think New York, New York gets a pass for a bigger reason, even more than L.A. New York is barely even a. Oh, wait, hold on. Someone someone mentioned D.C. Sorry. No, uh, D.C. Sorry. D.C. wins. Yeah. D.C. wins. D.C. is the worst. OK, and. Traffic talk on the fives and tens. Is That's right. Done. We'll be back for weather here in another few minutes. For now, let's go to this caller who has the story on the street. What's going on? Uh, yes, the story on the street is that I don't know. I'm not a good newscaster. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you trying to play along. That was that was good. Uh, what's on your mind? What's going on? And who is this, by the way? Oh, my name's Emily. I live in Kentucky. That's um, right. I knew that you've called before, haven't you? I I uh, was on um, Daryl with the Chimpokomon question. That's right. Okay. Yeah. That's why it's familiar. All right. Sweet. All right. Anyway, so uh, what's your take? What do you think? I am like really sick of everything taking a place in either New York or LA or just maybe California in general or New York. Well, not New York in general, just New York City. Mm. Like, why why can't we have like a nice story that takes place in i don't know like idaho or something like it's like oh la we're gonna focus on how great this town is so great how about how about like fargo north uh, north dakota how about that that's a good idea for location yeah yeah i saw that movie for the first time a couple weeks ago and i don't know if you know this pretty great i'm sure no one's ever heard of it before (laughs) all right fair point justin not only are most of these shows set in new york or la but now increasingly not being filmed in either place they're usually being filmed in vancouver or something including the nice guys by the way which does an amazing job of portraying i'll tell you for for as much as it wastes the theme visually it looks amazingly it really does in fact it makes it worse because it looks so authentic and they just piss it away it's just a waste Uh, of time and that was shot in atlanta so like that is uh you know certainly its own its own kind of thing. So they do shoot it everywhere else but those places. Here's why everything's said in New York and L.A. All right. Because somebody who grows up in Idaho doesn't want to say in their wish fulfillment fantasy entertainment, man, it would be great to move to Idaho. <laughs> they do say, hey, man, it would be great to move to L.A., New York, Miami, San Francisco, Chicago. Yeah. 
Like those are all places where there uh, is just a, a wish fulfillment setting. People want to be there. They think they want to be there. I want to make that clear. They think they want to be there. In some cases, they do want to be there. But in a lot of times, they just think they do. And that's enough to sell more movie tickets on the whole on the average because people think they want to live in Miami. They think they want to live in New York City. Here's the truth of it, though, Idaho people yeah. that were just besmirched by Justin. I'm going to say this. Y'all live up there near uh, uh, Boise. And Boise, while the stereotype in my head has always been, well, that's a podunk thing. I just blink and I'm through is not true anymore. That is a beautiful rivals uh, Portland kind of city. It is awesome. And you should just keep it for yourselves and not try to rush having the prices go up and all that. So enjoy what you got. I feel that way about Salt Lake City. We are a great city and I love it here and I'm just fine having people think they don't want to be here. So so I, I, I agree with what Justin's saying, absolutely. But... Sometimes your wishes aren't what Listen, you Listen, man, want. I'm not saying, I'm not making value judgments on these towns. <laughs> I'm just saying what the facts are. Okay. Sorry, I had to turn down the heater. Uh, all right, so let's take another call. We got one right here that's ringing through, and I'm adding it, and it's uh, now there. And who's this? Hey, it's uh, Gabe. How are you guys Hey, doing? Gabe. Good to hear from you again, man. Yeah, uh, I don't know if anyone's brought this up yet, but I mean, I really don't hate much. But the one thing that I do poo-poo on are the it's Hollywood's treatment of like video game IP and the translation into movies because they never turn out really well. So how are you? Are you uh, Where's your head at with the Warcraft movie? Are you feeling okay about it? Are you excited at all? Like, do you think maybe we'll break the chain here a little bit? Uh, I mean, I'm just worried that it's not going to translate well. I mean, what we get from video games is a different experience from what we see in a movie. Yeah. And I guess like that's the reason why I really don't think they translate well. Okay, well, let's talk but about I mean, this. It's the the whole the whole thing for me with video games to movies. The problem in the past has been that. Uh, okay, uh, I'm not gonna lie, Scott. I, I can't hear a word you're saying. You can't hear anything I'm saying right now. No, yeah, it's like mega choppy. Wow, what the crap! All right, hold on. Let's try this. Uh, gonna... Also, I think that we. <laughs> hold on. How about now? How about now? Uh, still, still mega, mega robot. Really? Weird. Hold on. Now it sounds like it's getting a little better. Is it improving? 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 Improving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't hear. So Gabe, so sorry, everyone, technical difficulties. Gabe said he doesn't like how video games have been translated to film and he's sick of people trying. He doesn't think they translate well, so they should stop trying to do it. And, uh, I'm, eh, I'm not, I'm not totally opposed to that point of view Generally speaking, they're making a Tetris trilogy of films, and that's stupid. Well, I mean, is it? Listen, when yes, I was is. a younger man yeah. and full of uh, piss and vinegar, mm. I would have a very similar uh, idea to Gabe, right? Like yeah. that that you, know, you just can't do it, so stop trying. However, <laughs> then Pirates of the Caribbean came out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, that is a theme park ride. <laughs> like, that's not even a story, right? Like. Yeah. It's literally just like two visual scenes of iconography that they wove a, a good enough original story around. Now, it had the benefit of being about pirates, which is a really rad idea and people like, and there hadn't been a rad pirate movie uh, in a while. But it kind of, to me, said, you know what? Like, it doesn't matter what the source material is. Just find the one thread that people really like about it that has made it a sticky idea and find an original compelling narrative to wrap around it. If anything... Warcraft or Assassin's Creed or anything that is lauded for its story almost is at more of a disadvantage because you 
feel the need to put that stuff in there and make it work in a narrative, uh, a film narrative rather, that it just might be ill-suited for. Mm, that's a really good point. I hadn't really considered that. Um, all right, so maybe Tetris has a better chance, you're saying. Well, I mean, I would say, listen, if if, if your story is... You know, if, if it's if we're going to do an animated movie about, you know, like like, oh, I'm the L shaped block, I'm the square block, then, yeah, that's going to be dumb. Right. But if it's a, a a story about Tetris players or or you know, weaving things in and out of that, like, yeah, no, I think that I mean, number one, there's an, an insane story about how Tetris came to be. That's an amazing story. Uh, that that's the be. movie I want to watch is the one about yeah. that Russian guy that got no credit for years and years and Nintendo's fight with everybody and all that. that would, that's an interesting documentary slash docudrama something. I would be all up in that. But the idea of a, a animated Tetris movie is ridiculous to me. Uh, however, yeah. um, I'll say this. like <clears throat> If you... If you make a, a what's going to happen? To, I've said this before. What's going to happen to that part of the medium, video games to movies? If it's to ever improve, it's going to take the right minds, the right creative minds, the right amount of money, and the right studio willing to back it. And I'll give you an example. That example being uh, Marvel and superhero movies. They they figured it out and they are nailing it in almost every case. Well, why? Because they're not afraid to fully embrace what it is and to treat it the way it needs to be treated, whatever, however you want to quantify whatever that means to every individual viewer, they figured out a way to do it. All right, someone can figure out how to take the lighter, fluffier video game and turn it turn it into a meatier, broader audience thing. And you want to know what? I will be very disappointed if Warcraft comes out and it isn't that Marvel aesthetic for fantasy because I think that like Warcraft could be. That it could exactly uh, be that. I, I got I got something that I want to uh, build on uh, with that thought. But let's get to our caller here, Roger. How you doing? Hey, Roger. Hey, <laughs> it's Ralph. Again. Oh, hey, Ralph. What's going on? We call hey, you. Ralph, yeah. Why are you? Wait, wait. You rob Roger? Hey, Ra Ralph Who is like I? his gamer Who name. Uh, but yeah, Ralph. Listen, Ralph is one of the long-standing lords overall in the AIE Guild, and without him, we're all screwed. So whatever you're about to say now, I know I have to listen. Well, first of all, I, I just you guys cut in and out. I heard you talking about movies based on video games. Yeah, we're just saying whether they'll ever be any good or not. Uh, Angry Birds, Battleship. They're all, these are actual things. Yeah, but they're not great though, right? Like Battleship oh, no. was oh, Battleship was slammed. Yeah. The, the 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 Angry Birds thing is in theaters now, currently doing about fifty percent in Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Mario Brothers, for God's sake. Bill Bill Hader is in all animated things now. I don't know if anyone's noticed this. Maybe this is a trend we don't like. I don't know, but Bill Hader voices every. I'm, I'm all for Bill Hader cashing. I love Bill Hader. She's BBA. <laughs> I, like, was... I, I like I like Bill Hader. Uh, I, I'm a fan of Bill Hader's bank account, man. Whatever you need to do, brother, <laughs> you get out there. You get yours. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, no, they. You're right. They exist. But I guess, the, but they're, but see, like hero, like superhero movies also existed before, but they were always just kind of, yeah, this is kind of shitty or this is kind of campy or this is whatever. And then they turned a corner and I don't know if it was the Nolan yeah. movies or if it was the Spider-Man Raimi movies or if it was something no, else. No, it took everybody that liked comic books growing up and, and uh, being adults instead of kids. And they took them from B movies to adult movies. And then eventually they became good movies. Ah, so proving my point. Exactly. The right people are in power that have the money, the wherewithal, the creative vision and the approval to make what they need to make. Right. Instead of B movie garbage. That's gotta be it. Right. 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 Justin Robert Young. Uh, yes. I, uh, I mean, number one, it all just depends on what talent is there. Right. Like, like, what are you, 
you know, who do you put there? Uh, who's writing it? What do you want to get out of it? And, and again, the, with any adaptation, it's about what is the central core idea? Why do we keep talking about this story? And if you understand that and you can spin that out to a larger narrative, then absolutely you can have a great you can have a great film. Yep. Right. There's no there's no question about that. And here is something that when I was a kid, it's all I said about comic book movies. And now I'm going to flip the coin and say I now hate it when I hear it. All right. Well, what we just need is a darker, grittier, more realistic <laughs> blank. Agreed. Now, here's what I think. Now, uh, I'm going to I'm going to attempt to contradict my younger self by saying that we're both right. So watch these verbal gymnastics. All right. I believe it is not me that has changed. However, I believe that that phrase has changed when we were back in the late 90s. Saying that we wanted something darker, grittier and more realistic was shorthand for can you please not make it a pile of crap right Can yeah. you please take it seriously mm -hmm. uh because we 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 really just want it to be we want to be able to connect with it and not have it insult our intelligence i agree i totally uh, agree and, with that and now it really just means what it says there's no subterfuge it's just darker grittier and and more realistic all right for whatever reason somebody keeps calling me if you keep calling me all right here I'll, oh man i'll tell you what here i'm gonna actually record this all right i'm going to send it to you okay. it calls again i'm gonna send it to you and it'll just be at the back end of this podcast all right because you won't be able to hear it all right i'm just gonna i'm just gonna pick it up and i'm gonna yell at him all right you do that now no 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 he's not calling he keeps calling and then dropping okay off. if he calls and he gets that do record yeah. it I, uh, no, I have, I, I have, I have my, my, my trigger ready. Okay, good. Um, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say, yes, you're right about that one. I'm going to throw an extra one in here and say, uh, orange and blue. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go look at any movie poster yes. on, on the aggregate for the last, I don't know, 10 years now. Yeah. And the use of orange and blue in both posters and film hue and filtering needs to stop i know they're complementary colors i've been through that i've spent a lot of time in college studying this i know how that stuff works but we get it you can now give us more of a palette i don't want everything to look like it's exactly the same movie visually i know you've got more in you hollywood than blue and orange okay so i can i'm, I'm with you when it comes to the films I don't know if I'm with you when it comes to the posters. Posters in general, when they start following those trends, like right now the big trend is, let's put the face of the protagonist on it and then put and words then write over it. it. But why? Yeah. Because they did that with, uh, they did that with social network. Yep. And they want, I mean, again, posters are not there to be art. Some of them are, right? Mm -hmm. But by and large, the measure of a successful poster is if you go see the movie. And what they are telling you visually in those posters is this movie's kind of like this other movie. If you like this other movie, if you like The Social Network, you'll like The Martian. Yeah. If you liked uh, Fast and the Furious, you'll like Need for Speed because <laughs> the posters look exactly alike. Right. So, um, I mean, like, I, 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 I'm with you in that they're insufferable, but I disagree in that... Uh, 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 in in the films, yeah, sure. Be more creative in the films. In 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 the posters, that's their job, man. That's like 
saying, oh, my God, McDonald's employee. Why do you have to ask me what my order is every time? Because it's their job. <laughs> no, I get it. I, there's an artsy fartsy side of me that sees a really creative poster and then like goes, that's right. That's cool. Like, way oh, to go. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I, I prefer those posters. Yeah. However, uh, I definitely don't think that uh, it is unfair to hold them to a standard for which they are not aspiring to. All right. There is one other complaint I have about posters, and then we can move on. And actually, <laughs> it's about time we talk about Game of Thrones anyway. But uh, when you see the poster for Free State of Jones starring Matthew McConaughey, Oh my God, I have a rant on this, but go ahead. Good, I hope you do. Here's what I here's what I saw when I went to the theater and saw the poster long before I saw a trailer. Yeah. I went, ooh, look how like dirty and grimy he is. Free State of Jones, that sounds like some kind of weird, futuristic, post-apocalyptic thing. I think they're making me a genre movie of some sort of like post-war uh, modern tale that he's going to have to like try to save all the people from the irradiated uh, beings or whatever, right? I'm, I'm building this huge narrative in my head about yeah. how cool this genre movie is going to be. And then I find out it's this historical thing about a guy in Pascagoula Swamp deciding he'd had enough from these southern plantation owners and he banded together a bunch of people to say no. Yeah. I, I still kind of want to see it because I'm a big McConaughey fan and I like historical drama, but that poster misled me, man. I thought it was going to be The Road or something. Oh, Dude, so I hadn't really seen the poster, yeah, but I did see the trailer for the first time. Yeah, that's a sh that's a shit title. <laughs> Why did you name it that? That's terrible. Well, I thought that I, I don't know if he's named Jones. He is he names. He is the county after himself. He does. Also odd. <laughs> like number one in the trailer, he's just like, "Well, this is an outlaw move." Oh man, you know that this is an outlaw thing. Outlaw, 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 outlaw. Are you an outlaw? And then it's like free state of Jones. Call it outlaw, right? Like, I mean, that's I can understand what that is. It, it, for those of you who don't know, it's it, it's exactly what you said. They set up their own county that is outside the jurisdiction of the, of the dying Confederacy, yeah. right? Or call it free state. That'd have been free enough. Free state. Yep. Free state's great. Yep. I have no idea what free state of Jones. Uh, I thought it was about his personal discovery or something it looks like such a better movie uh in in the trailer right yeah yeah no i agree i think it was called that this is for my wife's from down there so it's kind of a we we sort of know a little bit about the area anyway about pascagoula yeah. and so there's some history there and maybe they're really trying to hammer that home because it was called that but also if i were among the people that were going to establish this independent community or or state uh from the confederacy and in the union i would have said uh, do we have to say, can it, can it not be Jones? Can it be like, I don't know, anything else? Yeah. Like free state of the swamp people would be better than How Jones. About, like, you know, Matthew McConaughey frees slaves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One more call. Then it's game of Thrones time. Hi, yeah. who's this? Hey, it's Greg. Hey, Greg. What's up, man? Hey, so uh, I know you touched on it a little bit earlier, but I'm going to, to throw everything right back into expressing my extreme hate for all things grim and dark. Yeah. And not, just, not, not just movies. I mean, everything has gotten grimmer and darker like last, oh, you know, 30 years. It's like, you know, everybody is expecting it to be, you know, filmed in, in, in uh, you know, muddle vision. And, you know, you look at, the people who photoshopped, uh, I think it was uh, uh, it was a Man of Steel. People did like a video Photoshop and put all the the lighting back to yeah. normal, and it looked it looked nice. 
mm-hmm. and happier. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I showed my kids the the uh, the the original uh, was it 77, 70, 78 Superman, yeah, the first one, yeah, the and, the uh, you know, Richard Donner film, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're they're nine and twelve, and they love that movie. And even I was like, oh, there's some long stretches of not a whole lot going on, almost like the original uh, Star Trek movie. But mm-hmm. my kids were glued to that, and it was positive and happy. And you know, Superman doesn't kill people, and his mom doesn't tell him to forget everybody, and his dad doesn't tell him not to save a bus full of kids. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good point. So I've got <clears throat> I got good news for you, and I and Justin confirm or deny here. Okay, I think we're on the swing back. I feel like this is cyclical. We do this; it goes down, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up. Like a lot of uh, storytelling, a lot of sort of narrative arcs do this, and I feel like. We are swinging back the other way. I would put uh, the credit towards what uh, Marvel's doing. I would put it towards what Star Wars is, is and is becoming. We'll see with Rogue One, and if that goes much darker, I don't know. But I feel like the positive spin, good heroes with good hearts, that kind of stuff is making a comeback. It's not all nihilism and uh, social. Uh, and, and listen, I'm all for a little bit of nihilism here and again, right? Sure, sure. But nihilism is not story. Nihilism is not character. There are nihilistic characters. There is a punisher, right? There is, uh, there, there are characters that have these different ways of life, but if you just substitute dark, gritty, uh, you know, nothingness, for character, then you're going to get a crap movie. And that's what Batman vs. Superman and Superman, uh, the, the one Man of Steel was. Yep, totally agree. Very well said. All right, guys, I don't know if you've heard of this before, but I'm going to play a bumper and it might... It well, wait a minute, wait, we got to do our, we, we, we gotta do our plugs. First. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got to plug because we're going to do spoilers big time for Game of Thrones. And if you don't want to hear them, this is where you want to get out. So let's do plugs. Tell me about what's going on with your stickers. Hey, stickers are DIAF.com. It is where you can get stickers uh, from all the stuff that I do. You, it, the, the current pack includes a bunch of Spearman Nitrate art, uh, a, a dare inspire. Remember the, the dare to keep a kid off drugs, the old uh, the old PSA, uh, that style with the jury, the, the one mic show that I do. The art for politics, politics, politics. Bunch of fun stuff, man. Go ahead and check it out. Stickers or DIAF.com. Mega cheap. Five bucks. I mail it to your house. Everybody has a great time. Uh, thank you to everybody who's uh, man. We've had, we've sold a ton of these things, and uh, we've priced them as cheap as we have at five bucks because we want it to be something that you guys can cannot feel bad about buying. You know, one every couple months or so, one every couple weeks if we got cool stickers that that we like. And I don't want to spoil anything, mm. but more of your favorite artists from our community. Mm. possibly doing stickers for stickers or DIAF. So, so keep an eye on my uh, Twitter, Justin R. Young, uh, to, uh, to, to see what is coming up. I may know a couple of those. Maybe you do. I might. Um, for me, uh, today, right after this stream, in about uh, 50 minutes or so from now, although I guess it'll be about a half hour after the show ends, I will be streaming Overwatch the second it becomes available. It's supposed to launch right at the dot of 4 p.m. Pacific, uh, 5 p.m. my time. And I'm going to play with some friends, hang out, stream it live. So check that out at frogpants.com slash twitch. And uh, you'll be able to see all the goings on there. Okay. It's time for this thing. Watch the throne. Watch. Here's the theme song. One song. One song only. This is so bad. 
It's so I bad. It's the best. It's so good. It's so bad. Watch the Thrones. Watch the Thrones. Exactly. All right, we're gonna do that. Uh, before we do that, though, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you and unpause you because you're crunchy again for me. I don't know why. So hold on here. Hold on. Conversation. Hold. Resume call. All right, I'll see yep. if we get a beef. Oh, you already sound better. Yeah. Okay. So that was weird. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's uh, dive in. Uh. The 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 episode of this episode in season six of Game of Thrones is called The Door. This is the end, my friend. Or Hodor. Yes. <laughs> the end. I hope you've already left the show with the because we're about to do the the spoilers and Justin already dropped the big one. So Drop big one. A little big unexpected. Time. Little Drop unexpected there at the end of the movie. I'll tell or the show. I'll tell you what though. I wasn't convinced because they cut the camera away uh, until I watched the little featurette after and they confirmed it. Uh, Hodor is no that more. That doesn't mean we're not going to see him again. Well, true. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Can I ask you a question? You know, you know what happens when they get their hands on people. Oh, sure. There are people that can, uh, you know. They don't, they don't stay dead. No. You just need a red lady. Uh Okay. Here's well, the no, 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 no. I mean, I think we're going to see zombie Hodor, right? Oh, oh, I didn't think about that. Shit. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Oh, no, it's going to be heartbreaking. Yeah, I don't want that. Ugh. All right. Well, all right. Here's 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 what I think really worked about that episode. Uh, this this arc in particular. And then I think it's important to talk about some of the other really great things that happened in the episodes. There's some other rad stuff that set up some cool character things. Anyway, uh, the idea is that Bran, who's with three eyed crow uh, man. Yeah. Uh, keeps who's awesome, by the way. Va uh, Max von Sydow should be in all fantasy and science fiction, and for whatever reason, they kill him off in five minutes. It feels like I don't know why he's always dead. He's always things. he's always nobly dying. Yeah, he's so great though. My gosh, what a presence. Anyway, so he's hanging around with Brandon Stark, and they're they're traveling back in time in these visions, and you don't really think of it as time travel because they're just sort of seeing what happened, seeing his father growing up, seeing Hodor when he was young, and wondering well, why didn't he talk? Why didn't he just keep keep saying Hodor? He's like talking like a normal kid. Uh, blah 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 blah. And then it turns out, oh, maybe some of these uh, visions are actually touching the past, and the past is touching him, and uh, they notice him in these in these scenes. Or, or there's there, there there's at least somebody in the past who goes, oh, there's something going on over there, and they're kind of distracted by it, like his dad was, or his father was when he was on his way up to do the whole baby thing, and then uh, the Hodor thing. He looks at him first, then his eyes roll back, hits the ground, and starts yelling, "Hold the door!" The idea there. And this is where I want to get to and what I want to ask you the question and why I'm a little bit scared. Yeah. The idea there is Hodor, normal kid growing up. He's half giant, but he's, you know, normal kid talking, hanging out. Everyone loves him. Yeah. He, at the moment that Bran's in the dream and at the moment that in the real world or the current timeline, decades later, Hodor is trying to get Brandon out of this cave and away from these horrible zombies that are climbing on walls and running at him real fast and being yeah. totally alien. It's aliens too, man. Big time in there. Yeah. And they're yelling, Hodor, hold the door, hold the door. You have to hold the door. And he goes to hold the door and he's using his brute strength to do it. And all these zombies are trying to bust through the minute that happens in the vision. Cause brands out of it. He sees young Hodor or what's his real name? Um, Willis. Willis hit the ground. What about you, Willis? What you, <laughs> what you season about Willis? So he has a seizure, hits the ground, and starts yelling, hold the door, hold the door, hold the door, over and over, which eventually 
as Hodor is being overwhelmed and killed, uh, becomes Hodor. And then that's all he can say for the rest of his life. It's really affecting, um, really powerful stuff. It's really sad. And I hate the idea of this common non, um, royal kid with his own problems and issues. Who's just this nice kid is once again in this world, put in a place where he's got this one job to do and literally his entire affectation for the rest of his life is about the one job. It's really intense, like really I mean, intense. I, stuff. I, I, I actually didn't necessarily read it like that. Mm. Uh, I, I read it as the, the tragedy is that this is very much nobility uh, crushing the lower class, right? Like mm. this is, this is the nobility putting their burdens on, on the common folk. Uh, I, I don't think that, yes, this is about his purpose, but I think it's more about brand in brands. Like I, I didn't view that as brand kind of sleeper agenting Hodor. Oh, no, no, I didn't either. Not that. Right? Yeah. Although uh, that's, that's been a, 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 that is one way you certainly can look at it. Sure. I looked at it as uh, number one. All right, here, here's, here's the larger point. Then we can drill back down into Hodor. We are in, the high fantasy phase of this show. Oh, big time. If you thought we were still mired in common political infightery, you are wrong, man. I mean, th this has always been a part of the show, but it's always been this element of, well, look at all these really interesting human elements as magic and high fantasy kind of dances around. Mm -hmm. When this show deals with all these very fantasy elements. The the elven creatures shove the piece of bark in the the captive's chest so he becomes an iceman. And <laughs> the, the warging connection uh, now works with this, you know, in, in going through the past. And that demonstrates that Bran is a more talented warg than he might have imagined. We're well, we are into... High fantasy with a capital H. -I. Yeah, well, now we have we have the vis visible resurrection of Jon Snow after the millions of stab wounds, and 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 uh, uh, now Lady Fire Lady comes out of the hut. She's not burned again. Yeah, and, I mean, and and, and yeah. but even then, I mean, those were elements that were always treated with reverence. Or even Jorah with his freaking uh, turning into the thing from uh, Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's he, it, it, it's very we're getting very close to clobbering time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think if you there, I, I don't blame people for kind of tapping out a little bit mm. because, uh, are people doing that? Is that a thing? I think some people found it very frustrating. Oh, not me. I think, man. I think a Brian, for example, I haven't talked to him yet, yeah. but, um, I think that, uh, uh, you know, for some people it was kind of like the ending of signs, right? It was like swing away. <laughs> Oh wow. Uh, uh and 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 I I get that. I understand that. But I mean that that is it's now asking you to enjoy a very genre show. Mhm. Mm yeah. And it wasn't always a very genre show and it it still isn't, right? That was just a very genre episode. Well, in the the Westeros kingdoms of the West, they they what we've been shown the first five seasons of this show, with some exception, uh, which was always tantalizing and ooh, when are we going to see the dragons again and that kind of thing? But they are always showing here it is on the ground. 
people have gotten to a place where they're they're they've they've gotten lazy in terms of understanding the real world they live in. Yeah. And instead it's just infighting and who's in charge and who has the most gold and it's kind of stuff we can relate to in the real world. Um we have his, some historical, you know, basis for it or whatever. We can say, yeah, this is just like Britain during the whatever time and like that they've they've given us so much of that because that's what the books were primarily for those first many books. This makes me think that this sixth book, when it does finally land, is going to be chock full of the fantasy time. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, listen, uh, do you think that Benenoff and Weiss uh, uh, invented this hold the door thing? No, no. In fact, in the featurette, they claim that they sat down in a hotel room with what's his name and said, we need to know what are we doing here? And he says, you guys are going to like this. And he told them straight up this exact sequence says this is how Hodor, Hodor goes. This is it. Oh, oh, they said that in the feature? Yeah, they say at the feature at the end of it. I watched it on HBO now, and at the end of it, they always have like a little eight-minute thing about each story segment. Yeah. And they had this whole bit about his death, and they explained that that was from the mouth of of uh, what's George oh, oh, R. By the way, listen, if people were upset about it, you are going to be way more upset about it in the book because <laughs> it's oh, going to yeah. take about eight times as longer, and we're going to get so much more of, of Bran going you know, back. And, and uh, so, you know, the rest of the show, we don't get to King's Landing. Nope, not at all. Uh, we get just a little bit of a touch of the follow-up of, uh, of Vase Dothrak. Mm-hmm. And we, we have more of the kind of uh, uh, now an uneasy alliance in Marine between the, the, uh, the Red Light of R'hllor Priestess and... Tyrion. Yeah. And varies. Tyrion reasons. basically hires the red light of R'hllor as a PR firm. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't considered that, but that is exactly what he did. He brought in consultants. <laughs> uh, we did. And we, and, and as Knots in the chat room points out, we got to see a mummer's farce. Yeah, we did. And they farted in it again. So we got two well, big. Well, no, they had fart noises, right? There oh, was yeah, fart that's true. sound effects. Yeah, that's true. I really enjoyed that part, by the way. I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I also liked it because I think it's us getting closer to Aria, uh, maybe walking away at her graduation ceremony for the many faced, uh, God yeah. <laughs> and, and embracing her Arianess. Where she goes, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the envelope. Thanks for the, the, uh, ca- the gown and cap, but, uh, I'm just yeah. gonna take what I learned and apply it to, I'm going to uh, go ahead and take a sabbatical year. <laughs> I really like where that arc's going. I mean, I couldn't be happier, honestly. So maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm the only one sensing this, but I feel like they are firing on all cylinders. Maybe the high fantasy stuff is speaking to me more. Maybe their embracing of that is working for me. Or maybe it's because I'm seeing things I haven't been told yet. So this is all new, no matter whether I read the books or not. Maybe all, maybe it's that. I don't know, but all I know is I'm enjoying this season as much or more than I've ever enjoyed the show. So, uh, uh, absolutely. One other thing that I did want to mention. There was, and I don't think undeservedly, Mm. criticism of the show last season, specifically when it came to violence of women. Yeah, there was a lot of that stuff. Specifically the rape of Sansa with Ramsay, because there there is certainly a, a, a popular criticism of the show that is, you are doing this for no reason. Mm-hmm. We understand that Ramsey is a terrible person. He mutilated a character mm-hmm. that we care about. Does he need to rape somebody 
or stab somebody else in the neck or murder another baby for us to really think he's a bad guy. Yeah. I understand that. Sure. And at some point, the show can't help but feel sadistic. Yeah. Uh, However, I found Sansa's conversation with Littlefinger to be a little bit of the payoff to that. Mm. Specifically in her saying, like, no, we we don't just get to, you know, uh, see whether or not we're mutually beneficial and then move on. Like, you need to understand, like, what, you know. What you put, what you've sent, where you sent me, what you gave like, me. Yeah. And, and what do you, th- I mean, and her just pressing this very uncomfortable conversation for him now that she is in a position of power. It was really good. Is, is, is interesting. I'm curious to see where they're going with Sansa. Well, she could have. So this is the thing they said in the featurette. She had, she had every right and every way to just cut him down where he stood. Just have what's her name, whip out the sword and boom, you're dead. Yeah. Um, she didn't do that because she's also now kind of playing the game. She is yeah. she is she is now in a place. She knows she know that that, that Littlefinger is better as an ally than an enemy. Correct. Well, in whatever form that takes. And if she wants to take back Winterfell with her brother, her half brother, uh, by the way, that relationship I really like. I like that it's reconciled in so many ways, but also uneasy in a few ways. She's kind of lying to him about where she got her information. Like there's there's a lot about that, that I'm very interested in seeing through. Yeah. Um, but it's also nice to see a couple of Starks get in the same room again for freaking once. You can know, I can I float a wild conspiracy? Holy shit. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know if that penis had warts on it. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Just kidding. Uh, I mean, I I'm forgot sure about that. This yeah, whole this entire episode and this season does feel like they pulled way back from exploitation of women a little bit. And leaned way into ah there's a dude's penis well i mean this is the first time when we just saw a full-on you know <laughs> schwanz for no reason right <laughs> this guy's yanking around his big old wiener and sack and when i first saw it i went holy what the what, the, what is this what am i yeah. being presented with here uh i mean whatever i thought it was I, I, <laughs> listen we, we we as we talked yesterday or last week rather we we we, we part companies on where the role of nudity should be on the show, but uh, whatever. I, I think like, here, and let me just let me just state it in this simple sentence. I believe it should serve the story when it's used. Jury thinks it should just be on all the time. No, I don't think that. <laughs> and you're you're misrepresenting what I'm saying. All right, said. I may have misrepresented a little bit. I think that it's 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 fine. Like when it's a gratuitous show. Yeah. If it is gratuitous in sex and violence, that's fine. Yeah. You know, and that's that's all that, I mean we we can I'm sure we'll come back to this at some point. We will, so I'm sure whatever. We will. So they yeah. showed a dude's dick and it, it wasn't <laughs> like it was out of context. It was almost like like the way that horror movies use jump scares. It was just like, <laughs> and here's a dick. Ha-ha. Anyway, it, moving on. They really they really did and it was just right up front and it was like that kid seemed maybe too young to be showing me as wiener on on TV. I know he's not clearly or at least i hope i wasn't i wasn't i didn't have any thoughts on whether or not it was an age appropriate wiener it, but it, 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 it really he seemed really he played young so to have it be his wiener just took me out i was like oh don't show me that all right freaking put that you thing away fine. dude I, I do have a crazy theory all right <laughs> that letter yeah. that came in two episodes ago yeah when sansa first met john snow yeah the one where ramsey's making the threats yeah Okay. Exactly. All right. What if that's not from Ramsey? Oh. Who would that what be? if that's from Sansa? 
Oh, you mean like she planted it to really get him riled up and mm-hmm. uh interesting. Cause we've seen now in this episode, she doesn't have a problem lying to her brother. Mm-hmm. If it means that he gets the right information at the right time. Why would she need to do that though? Wouldn't he want to go anyway? The conceit I mean, is he wouldn't. What wound up happening? He agreed by when when they had their conversation. But obviously, I mean, if you know, she's not there to take chances. So you think the letter was the impetus for him leaning in and saying, "Yeah." Well, I'm that was definitely in the story. I mean, he had agreed to do it when they talked about it, and then the the letter came in, and he was like, "All right, no, definitely. Oh, oh, it's on. Yeah, it's on." That's true. Okay, I hadn't thought about that. That is a. I don't like that. I don't want that. I don't want. What I don't want, here's what I don't want. We're to the stage of this thing where I don't need one more personal betrayal between characters I like. I mean, but what if this is the game? And what if to have that status and not play the game is putting your family at danger because you will get run over or be collateral damage for other people playing the game? Mm. Yeah. No, you're people in the chat were saying, I don't think it was needed. Well, that's not the point, though. That isn't the point. The point, the point that is there. Is that she did it. Yeah. Or I maybe she did it. Maybe yeah. she did it. We don't know. Although maybe the chat room is saying that the, they're still talking about the penis. I wonder <laughs> if the penis was needed. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't be surprised because let me tell you something about the penis and whether it was needed or not. Yeah. I kind of needed Wait, it. Because that didn't solve this. That didn't serve the story, by the it way. It didn't serve anything. But it was literally just somebody doing the meat spin. So, you know? <laughs> so this is where I break from my previous statement. I kind of really liked that it was in there because it was like this. Um, are you paying attention moment? It was like, holy shit. What the hap- what? What? Guys, Wiener, this is had no lead up or 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 after effect or anything. It's just there. And I didn't, I didn't mind it. <laughs> this sounds wrong, and it's all out of context. If people record, hear me saying this, and they don't know sure. what I'm talking about, but yeah, it was fine. It's just, I guess, once in a while, yeah, put a guy on display, not for my needs, not because I think that's great, but because all you do is parade women around naked in that show. So it's nice once in a while that a dude has to have. I, a th- sh- I think that is definitely one of the things where it's like you know, there, especially in the first couple seasons when it was just all. Beav and and boobs. Yep. And, and and meanwhile, all the dudes, these like chiseled six pack dudes, are all doing the like Austin Powers. Like, oops, there's a horn in front of my penis. Ooh, isn't that crazy? <laughs> like that was definitely a little weird. I'm I'm with you on that. So I think this was definitely the showrunners just being like, hey, look, here's a here's a dong. We're it, gonna swing some yeah, sausages. He swung the other direction, as as it were. Uh, I, I do want to give credit for for that theory. The first time that I read that was uh, a friend, uh, Victoria McNally of Revelist. You can follow her at uh, VQ Nerd Balls. Yes, the uh, the heir to the Rand McNally fortune. Good luck sure. to you. Uh, all right, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, great, great season though, man. I cannot wait for the next one. We'll talk more about it next week, along with whatever our other topic is. Thank you guys for participating today. Yeah. Matters most that you're here and that you participate with us. So thank you guys so much. Follow the show uh, over there at uh, twitter.com slash hotline Monday. That's hotline Monday on Twitter. You can also follow Justin at Justin Young. Follow me at Scott Johnson. 
Uh, uh, Justin R. Young. Justin, what I say, Justin Young. I meant Justin R. Young. Where do they? How do they? If they want to send us an email, is that possible? How do they? Do they do that there, Justin? Uh, you can uh, send an email to hotlinemonday at gmail.com. And keep a phone number handy. The hotline number is 801-895-4724. Keep it around because next time we do another Adventures of Rectangly, uh, we're going to want your input. That's, t- that's today's uh, title. Thank you for much, so much for that. I'm Mr. Rectangle. I'm Mr. Rectangle. <laughs> if, uh, if you guys have any thoughts during the week, please get in touch with us. Also, just come back here live, 2 o'clock uh, Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, right here, frogpants.com slash live. Thank you all for being here. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>